0: For those of you that don't know, I've had a few people, as I walked around before the service this morning, I had a few people go, and who are you? So my name's Patty, I'm the pastor of the church, and we're awfully glad to have you here today. I want to take a few minutes and just share a little bit from scripture and talk a little bit about what Easter weekend means and why this matters. This is the most important weekend of our faith, yeah? This is it. This is it. Without Easter weekend, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And so the Bible starts, if you, if, you, if you ever have a Bible and you're looking at it, whether a paper version or a digital version, and I'm just going to talk through just for a few minutes today, okay? So I want you to stick with me. The Bible starts very, very beginning. It starts with this story. And it starts with this story that is about the presence of God. It's this story that's about God being present. It says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, and the spirit of God was there. The spirit of God was there, hovering over the surface of the water. It's this story of the presence of God of God being present. It's this story of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, just calling things into existence, just creating something out of nothing, and God's presence just bringing creation alive and bringing the earth into existence. And of course, the climax of that story, the, the big moment of all that story, is when humanity is created, man and a woman, and they're made in God's image. They're made to look like God. They're made to reflect God. They're created to show what God is like. That's how the story begins. And then it all goes wrong. And sin happens. And and it broke us. And it ruled us and we couldn't shake it, and we couldn't we couldn't fix what had happened. And there were some good people, sure, that came along from time to time. But the whole world in general, it just wasn't what it was supposed to be. It wasn't wasn't what it was created to be. It wasn't what God had intended it to be. And humanity, for the most part, was doing just a terrible job. We weren't doing a very good job at all of reflecting God. We were supposed to be carrying God's presence, and we weren't doing that at all. We weren't showing at all who God was. And really, it was hard to even Find God sometimes. And then there's this story in the Bible about Moses, a guy named Moses, and and a tabernacle. And and Moses, you know, God gives instructions to Moses and, and to the children of Israel. And he says, I want you to fashion a place for me. I want you to fashion a place for me. And it was called a tabernacle, which is kind of a weird word today, but it was a specially designed tent. And, and God told Moses to make it. And it was a tent because they were a nomadic people. They went from place to place. And so it could be, it could be packed up and it could be moved on. And this tent had all different, all different layers, right? You had your outer layer and then inside and and then further inside, and all the way inside. And this was going to be the tabernacle, and it was going to represent God. It was going to be the place where God's presence was, the place where where people could meet with God. Now, not just anybody could meet with God, only very special people under very strict conditions. But God, at the very center of that tabernacle, would be, uh, at center of that, of that tabernacle would be the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was the most holy thing. That's where the presence of God was. And it says in Exodus chapter 25, God said, I will meet with you there, and I will talk to you from above the atonement cover on the Ark of the Covenant. And from there, I will give commands for my people of Israel. God's presence was there. That's where God was. Not contained. You can't contain God. But that's where God's presence was. This Ark of the Covenant in the center of the tabernacle. And certain people, holy people, chosen people, special people, under very strict conditions at only certain times of the year could go in and they could go into the center of the tabernacle and they could talk with God. And then there's this story in the Bible about King Solomon dedicating the temple. And this is after Israel is no longer nomadic. They're not wandering around in a desert or in a wilderness trying to find their place. They've now settled in their land. They've settled in the place where God has placed them. And, and this has been a long time coming and, and it's taken a long time to get there. But the temple has been slowly built. All the materials came together and the temple has been built in the way God said it should be built. And so it's not movable anymore. It's a really firm structure. And that's that's the place where God is. It's the place where the presence of God is. God's not contained. You can't contain God. He's not limited to that place. But that is the representation. That's where his presence is on earth. And when that temple got dedicated, if you read the story, King Solomon was the one, and there was this huge celebration and this huge moment when the day of the temple was being dedicated. And it says in 2 Chronicles 7 that King Solomon, he led in prayer. And when Solomon finished praying, I mean, just picture it. There they all are gathered around this brand new temple. And when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the offerings and the sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests couldn't even enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence. Presence of God was so huge, they couldn't even go in. God was there. The presence of God was there. That's where people went to find God. That's where people went to worship God. That's where you couldn't just worship God anywhere. You couldn't just, you couldn't just meet with God, you know, anywhere, only at the temple and only in the very center of the temple. The same as the tabernacle had been laid out, only in the very center of the temple, behind a curtain, so that not anybody could just walk in, but behind a curtain and only very specific people could go there under very strict conditions at certain times of the year and sometimes there were exceptions to the rule and sometimes God met a prophet over here or he met a prophet over there or he would would connect with somebody. But in general, the only place where you could meet with God, only specific, holy, chosen people could speak with God in the center of the temple in the most holy place. That's what the story said. And then, then there's this story of, of exile of Israel being invaded and they're being taken away to another land and now they're separated from the temple and they're separated from the presence of God. But there's this this promise that comes through all different prophets. And one of them, Jeremiah, he he prophesies and he says, it's not always going to be this way. You're not always going to be separate from God's presence. You're not always going to be distanced and separated from God. He said, this is the new covenant, God said, that I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people, and they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone, everyone, say that with me, everyone, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. And it was hard to know what that meant. This prophecy from this guy, Jeremiah, they're all in exile. They're separated from God. They're separated from the temple. They can't find God's presence. And they don't really, they don't really understand what he's saying because they only remember a God that you can meet in the temple. A God that you can meet behind a curtain. A God who only special, only specific, only chosen people can meet under very strict conditions. And that's the only thing that they remember. And then, and then, and then. Then there's a story in the Bible about a baby being born. Jesus. And and he grew up, and he became the Jesus that we've all heard about, that we talk about, that we we saw on Friday night. He became that Jesus. And, And one of his best friends, one of his disciples, John, he wrote about him. And I mean, how, how do you how do you write about Jesus? How do you write about, about God, who's the God of the universe and who is timeless and all powerful and all knowing and, and eternal and infinite and all those things? How do you describe that that God somehow squished down into a regular human body, you know, that gets tired and that gets hungry and whose feet get smelly sometimes? How do you describe all of that? Because it's not scientific and it's not logical. Some things just aren't. If you talk about love or you talk about the beauty of a sunrise, you can't just say it in scientific, logical terms. Sometimes you have to find another way to explain it. And so John is trying to explain who Jesus is, and he just can't find the words, and so he resorts to poetry. And he uses poetry, and he refers all the way back to that very first in the beginning moment He refers all the way back to that very beginning moment when it said the Spirit of God was hovering in the beginning. And he goes back to that, John does, to describe Jesus, and this is what he says. In the beginning, the Word, Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word... Gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. And then John said, you know, he came into this very world. Jesus came into this world, into this very world that he created. And the world didn't even recognize him. Didn't even recognize him. He came to his own people and they rejected him. But to all who believed and to all who accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So the word Jesus became human, and made his home among us. He was full of God's unfailing love and faithfulness. And John said, and we have seen his glory. We've seen the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John refers back to that in the beginning moment. And then he said that same God that was there at the beginning that created it all, that same God came and he moved right into the neighborhood. And he didn't move into a tent. He didn't move into a tabernacle where he was contained just within the center of it. He didn't even move into a big, beautiful temple that was still and not moving. He didn't move into a place where he would only be accessible to very holy and very special people. When Jesus came and he moved into the neighborhood, anybody could talk to him. Anybody could connect with God. Children played with him. (laughs) Women were safe and they were respected when they were with him. Sick people were allowed to come near. They didn't make him tainted. Sick people were allowed to come near to where Jesus was and not only allowed to come near, well, he just turned around and made them well. And then people that were shunned by others, people that were on the outskirts of society, people that nobody else wanted to be around, people who knew, just keep to myself because nobody wants me. They were especially welcome to connect with Jesus. And more than that, they were made new. He was filled with the presence of God because he was God, fully God fully human, right there, right there. And God's presence right there in this man named Jesus, not in a temple, not in a box, not contained, but present in this man, Jesus. Jesus described it this way. He said to people, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He was showing people, he was showing the world who God is, what God looks like, how God behaves, and how God feels. And then, and then, and then the strangest thing happened. Right before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed this prayer. And he was praying for his disciples, and he was praying, he was looking into the future, he was praying for us. And he was praying for for all the people that would be followers of him. And, And when he was praying over his disciples, he prayed, Father, I've given them the glory that you gave me. What? What? Father, I've given them the glory that you gave me. Regular people can't have God's presence. Regular people can't have God's glory. I mean, okay, it was in Jesus, but regular people, God is holy. And only holy people can be connected with God like that. Only special people, only chosen people can even, only perfect people can even, can even talk to God. Never mind, have God within. Regular people can't carry God. Regular people can't show the world who God is. What kind of prayer is that? And then everything changed, and Jesus died. And remember that curtain in the temple? And it tears open from top to bottom, by the way. Started at the top. That curtain that keeps people separate from God, the curtain that says only special people can come in, then it just tears wide open, and then, and then, but then he rose and he's alive, and his followers saw him, and they talked to him, and it says in John chapter 20 that one of the times when Jesus was in talking to them, you know what he said? Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them. (sighs) Breathed on them. And said, receive the Spirit of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. And somehow, that Spirit of God, the one that was present in the beginning, the one who who had been there calling creation into being, that Holy Spirit somehow was within them. Not contained within them. You can't contain God. They didn't become God. They didn't become even little g gods. But God's presence was there within them. Just just like the prophet Jeremiah who had said that God would be written on their hearts and they would know him. They would know him inside. They wouldn't need somebody else. They wouldn't need a curtain. They wouldn't need some special place. Anybody could know God. Everybody could, could connect with God. And it's like that in the beginning moment all over again when people who were made in God's image are actually reflecting God again. People who were created to look like God are showing the world who God is and what God is like because they're carrying the spirit of God. Listen, there's a story being written right now. Right now. It's God's story of us, followers of Jesus, people filled with God's presence. And, and Peter, one of the disciples who became an apostle and ended up writing some of the scripture that we follow in our sacred text, Peter sums it up perfectly. He says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple just let that sink in. I mean, I mean, remember you imagined it, that, that building, that temple that became so filled with God's glory. It's like leaking out between the stones and the people can't even go inside. The priests can't go inside because it's so filled with God's presence that nobody can even stand it. They're just overflowing with God's presence. Remember? And now Peter says, that's you. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. You are the temple of God. A temple is a place where people meet God. A temple is a place where people see God and can connect with God. And so just like that temple back then was so filled with God's presence and everybody could see it and nobody could go in, we are part of that. We are living stones. We are shining with God's presence. All of us, followers of Jesus, carrying God's presence into our world. And then Peter said, you, you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. You are a holy nation, you are God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Listen. Jesus did not breathe the Holy Spirit into us so that we could stay inside a church building and just look after ourselves. Go, he said. Carry God into the world. Let people see the presence of God in you. Carry Jesus to a world that doesn't know what God looks like and doesn't know who God is. Be the temple of God. Be the one that a place where people can see and people can connect with God. You know what? There's a story being written right now. And it's a story, it's God's story of you. He knows you, and He loves you. He knows who you are, He knows your name. He knows the thing you think he doesn't know, and he loves you anyway. And more than that, he created you, and he created you and made you to reflect God. He created you with the purpose of being made in God's image. He created you to show others who God is and what God is like you were made in God's image. And listen, God never regretted that. Never. You are loved. You are known. And you are made in God's image. And this story that's being written right now, this story being written right now, the offer is there, but the decision is ours. To allow God's presence within us. To allow that presence of God to fill us up every day, over and over again. Not just for ourselves, but so that it will leak out. And everywhere we go, it will show people who God is. Because they can see God in us. I'm going to ask if you would stand with me at this moment. We're going to pray. The worship team's going to come. And here's what I want you to do if if you're okay to do it. Hold out your hands. For me, this is a symbol of openness to God. If If you have a different way, that's fine. But can we close our eyes and let's just pray at this moment with open hearts and open hands, open before our God. God, at this moment, would you fill our lives with you? God, some of us for the first time and some of us have been following you for years, some of us for decades, but all of us, every one of us, we stand now with hands and hearts open and we say, God, would you fill us again with your presence? God, would you make me a person that shows people who you are. I want to be part of your story. We want to be part of your story, our God. We want to be people that are filled with your spirit, people that are carrying Jesus, people that are showing the world who you are. And so, God, we ask you again, Jesus, just as you breathed on your disciples, just as you said, receive the Holy Spirit, would you breathe on us again? Breathe on us again, risen Lord. Fill us with your presence. God, push away, cleanse away anything that gets in your way, any sin anything that that we sometimes turn to instead of you, anything that would get in the way of our connection with you and of being used by you, cleanse that away, we ask, in Jesus' name. And turn our eyes back towards our crucified and risen Lord. Fill us with your Spirit so that we can carry Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone sit together. Amen. Can we worship our God just a little bit more this morning?